Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Right? It just looks like two words. It says FedEx, but there's something there. Next one, Josh. There's an arrow there. Hidden message. That arrow there is supposed to represent their speed and precision in taking care of their packages, which is arguably debatable, but that's beyond the point. The next one is Baskin Robbins, right? Just looks like a B and an R ice cream, right? But there's a hidden message in there. Do any of you see it or know it? All right, you just ruined the joke. Thanks, guys. So next one, Josh, it's the 31 because of the 31 original flavors. And the last one, I didn't know about this one, is Amazon. Do you guys see anything? You see the hidden message there? They have everything from A to Z. Hidden message. That's it. That's the sermon. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That is it. But uh, today we're going to be talking about something that the Bible tells us about, but we can't necessarily see it. It's a very real thing, and if you don't, if you don't pay attention to it, if you don't know about it, um, you won't be able to do your part in it. And... Um, so what we'll be talking about when, when understood is something that can be super useful in evangelism or, or bringing others to Jesus. And that's a good carryover to our birthday announcement. Josh, put that up on the screen. Our birthday is next week. And so if you want to evangelize, if you want to invite someone to Jesus, that's, that's a good opportunity to do it. It's next week and it's coming up. We're excited about it. So thank you for that, Josh. But what we'll be talking about when, when understood, when we understand what this is that we're going to be talking about in the Word of God, it's going to be such a huge part in evangelizing or reaching people for Jesus. So let's get into the Word this morning. We're going to get into Ephesians 6, 11, and 12, if you have that. And the context of what I'm reading is, so the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesian church and he's writing it to give them some encouragement and, and just some guidance and certain things of their life. So it was written for them, but it's also written for us as we are still part of the church age in the Bible. So let's read it. Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, why would anyone have to put on armor? I'm, ask, I'm asking. Right? Something's coming. Someone said battle. Right? You, you put on armor. Because you're going to go into some sort of war or a fight. So Paul's telling us to put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And another word for wiles is schemes or, or to deceive somebody. And who knew that the devil's scheme is to discourage us and get us away from our faith. See, the devil, his, his, his plan is to seek, kill, and destroy relationships, faith, and so many other things that are part of our life. So that's what that's talking about there. For we, who's we? Us, believers, right? That's us. He's talking to us. For we do not wrestle. Another word for wrestle would be fight against flesh and blood. What the heck does that mean, right? Flesh and blood. People. But Paul's saying that us as believers... Our fight isn't against each other. It's not against physical people. The fight that Paul's talking about isn't the one that you had with your spouse. 
It's not the one with the person who cut you off in traffic. It's not the one with your son or daughter who's just giving you a hard time. It's not with that person in your life who just, for whatever reason, they just, they just hate on you all the time. That's not the fight that believers fight. And so the fight that we are in is not against actual people. On the contrary, focusing on those fights against people are going to get you away from the real fight and cause you to be less effective in that one. But what do we fight against? So let's continue on in Ephesians. It says, but we fight against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that's a mouthful, but in other words, that is saying that we as believers, as Christians, are fighting against the unseen, supernatural empire of the devil and his demons. That is the reality of this world. You don't see it. You can't hear it. But it's going on in front of us as we speak. That's who we fight. We don't fight against people. And so when, you, when, when you're in an argument with someone who, let's say, they, they just did you wrong or they betrayed you or they, or they hurt you in some sort of way, we need to understand that the fight is not against that person. It's with what's behind that person manipulating to seek, kill, and destroy that relationship and your faith. That's what we're fighting against. It's not against people. And so, like, what, what, what does this even mean, right? Like, I'm not, I don't fight against people. Like, what, like, Mikey, some people are just jerks. What do you mean I'm fighting against the devil? It doesn't have to be the devil. People, yeah, and I understand. People can't just be jerks just to be jerks. I'm not, I'm not ignoring that. But you can't ignore the fact that we're in a war. Even though people can just be jerks for the sake of being a jerk. And so to get some more context on, on, on what's, why this war is so important and what, what... And it says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There we are, soldier. That's just another reminder that there is a war. This is not just something that we see in Ephesians. It's throughout the New Testament of the Bible. We as believers, we are soldiers. Soldiers fight in wars. This is what this is. So we are soldiers. You must endure the hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged, or another word for that is participating, in warfare entangles himself or involves himself or herself with the affairs or concerns of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And so, yes, this is in a spiritual context, but we can relate this to, to human soldiers and human military, right? Anyone who, who serves in military or is, is in war, they can't be caught up or tangled in civilian matters. They can't be. If, if we have one of our soldiers in war fighting for our freedom, they can't be worrying about, like, man, can you believe Gato was late to my brunch? Like, they can't, they can't be focusing on that. Or, like, can you believe that this person said that to me? Like, no, like, they can't be focusing on that. What should their focus be on? Their focus needs to be on defeating the enemy. When you're in warfare, that, that is the only thing that's on your mind, not the other petty stuff that civilians worry about. And so... If one of our soldiers was in, was in war and they weren't focused on defeating the enemy and focused on other stuff, they're not leaving themselves vulnerable and they're leaving their entire army vulnerable for the enemy to take advantage and to take ground in the war. See, so our military, they fight for our freedom and we're very thankful for that. But what if no one fought? 
What would happen? If nobody fought, we would lose our freedom. We would be in the hands of the enemy, whoever that enemy is that we're fighting against in war. We would be in the hands of the enemy, and so many people would lose their freedom if nobody fought for us. And so that's in, that's in, the, that's in, a, in a natural context, in a, in a human context. We can understand that, and it makes perfect sense, right? So now, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you are, whether you knew this or not, you are a soldier in the army of God. Jesus Christ is our commander. The devil and his demon are the enemy. And the mission is to win souls over for Jesus Christ through sharing the gospel, the good news that is Jesus Christ. And so, oh, and if you didn't know, our enemy is the devil, but his mission, so our mission is to win souls for Jesus. His mission is to destroy souls and discourage souls and take them away from Jesus. That's his mission. That, that's his plan. He doesn't have a day job. Like, we, we go to our jobs and we, we're, we're doing a bunch of other things, and then we kind of, oh, wait, I'm in spiritual warfare. No, no, no. The devil doesn't have another job. Like, that is his job. That's his mission. And so, what's at stake, right? Like, what, what is this war? Why are we fighting for souls? What, what's the price? Why, why are we fighting, right? Why is it so important to share the gospel? And so let's go to John 3.18. And it says, and this is, these are the words of Jesus. It says, he who believes in him, him meaning Jesus, is not condemned or judged. But he who does not believe is condemned already or judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God which is Jesus Christ. So what does that mean, right? That means if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you've declared him as your Lord and Savior, if you are living a life to obey him, you're saved. You're going to heaven. When you die, if you were to die right now, you're going to heaven. That is great news. Like that is, that is, that's awesome. But the other part of this is if you don't believe in Jesus Christ and you don't receive him as your Lord and Savior, you don't go to heaven. You go to hell. That's a reality. That's not, it's not a joke. It's not a myth. It's not just a story. It's, it's the reality of our lives. And so we need to understand that now understanding this reality and talking about it, we're in a war for souls. That's what we're in. And so, like I said, if you're saved, listen, the war is already won for you. Like, the entire war, it's, it's won already. Like that, that's the gospel. That's why Jesus came down. He died. He defeated sin and death. He resurrected. And if you believe in him, you have eternal life with him. Like, that, the war is won for you if you're saved. That's it. But then why fight? If the war is won for me, why do I got to fight? It may be won for us. maybe may be won for you. But it's not won for everyone. And battles, there are battles out there that need to be won for people in our lives. And these people who aren't saved in our lives, they can be our parents. They can be our siblings. They can be our cousins, our sons, our daughters, our co-workers. These are people that are in our lives that we just heard the reality. If they don't believe, 
Where are they going? And so that's why we need to fight. And we need to remember that the fight isn't against them. These people, they need you to fight for them and not against them. And I get it. It may be frustrating. You may be like, man, but uh, Mikey, I've tried like this. They're just not getting it. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with them. I'm getting frustrated. I, I want to argue with this person because they're just ignoring the truth. But that's when you need to remember that Paul said it earlier. This fight's not against flesh and blood. Your fight is not with that person. It's with what's manipulating that person. What's causing you to feel distant from that person. That's what we're fighting against. And so how do we fight? Right? We know that there's a war. We know who our enemy is. We know what's at stake. But now how the heck do we fight? I'll tell you what. It's not in our own strength. Because you're going to lose. It's not in our flesh. You can't fight the devil in your flesh. Okay? So now let's go to Ephesians 6, 13 to 17. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So let's break that down a little bit. It's a lot of stuff. Basically, this armor of God, the, army that we need, the armor that we need to wear to go into spiritual warfare with the, enemy, with the devil and his demons, he says to put on, gird your waist with the truth. So the belt of truth, right? Jesus is truth. That needs to be, uh, what's a belt? The belt is at the center of your body. It holds everything up, Right? The truth of Jesus Christ needs to guard you. It needs to be at the center of everything that you do. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness, right? God's righteousness, right? You need to protect your chest. You need to protect your heart from the attacks of the enemy with God's righteousness, okay? Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. So a shod is like a protection on your feet, right? With the gospel, with the good news that is Jesus Christ. And that if you believe in him, you're going to live eternal life with him. You can, so basically saying you can walk in, in the war around the enemy and be safe because you have the good news all in and around you. The Lord is on your side. Wherever you go, you can bring that gospel because it's on your feet and it's being protected by the Lord. And then he also says, taking the shield of faith so that you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Whenever the, the enemy is trying to throw lies at you or temptation or whatever, your faith in the Lord, your faith in his promises for you, can deflect all the lies, all the nonsense, all the garbage that the enemy is trying to throw at you with the shield of faith. Your faith is that strong enough to deflect the lies of the enemy. You don't have to listen to them. And then the helmet of salvation, right? You need to protect your head because who knew that in spiritual warfare, the enemy sometimes likes to go for your head. He likes to bring the battle to the mind. He likes to put lies and doubt. But that's why put the, put the helmet of salvation and guard your head knowing that you're saved, that the Lord is on your side. And there's nothing that the enemy can do to stop that. You need to go into battle knowing that and believing that, protecting your mind, protecting your head. And then 
See, the last part, the last part makes me super hungry for the word of God because all the, all the other ones are to protect yourselves, right? They're, they're things to put on your body to protect yourselves from, from the attack of the enemy, which you need all of those things. Like you, you need to be protected when you're going into war because if you don't and you look like this, Josh, if you look like this going into battle with the enemy, you're going to get your butt kicked. Like you're, <laughs> come on. You need to have the whole armor of God. So what you need to look like is this. That's what you need to look like. When you wake up every morning and you put that on, the devil's going to be like, no, 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 not with that one. Not with that one. We're skipping that house. It's real, guys. This is real. And so back to that weapon, the one weapon. Oh, he also says, and it's not up there, but Paul continues to say, um, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and he also follows that in prayer. So prayer is also part of the spiritual battle. It's not just all these things that he, that he mentioned, but it's also prayer, praying against the enemy, praying for the lost, praying, 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 having faith that the Lord is moving through your prayer. But back to the, to the sword, the one weapon that he gives us in this passage. He says it's the word of God. This is the weapon that he gave us. To defeat the enemy. Like, it's, it's right there. It's in the passage. This is the weapon. This is, like, you want to defeat the enemy? This is the weapon. It's right there. And so for those of you who are like, Mikey, man, I don't, I don't know why I feel like I'm just losing. I, I'm just losing in life. I, I can't figure it out. I can't get it together. Are you reading the word? No. Oh, what, what, what did you expect? Like, my... My brother-in-law, he, he just became a Marine, so give it up for him, even though he's not here. He's serving this country. And he came back following the Lord. So how about that? That's right. That's right. That's right. So he just became a Marine. And, and what did he, so he's going to be fighting for us, right? But what did he have to do? He had to learn how to be a Marine. He had to go to boot camp, and now he's, he's doing additional training. He needs to learn how to fight. He needs to learn how to go to war. If not, then he can't, he's not prepared to go fight for our country and defend our country. He needs to be prepared and needs to be taught how to do that. What do you think this is for? Like, what do you think this is for? This is the preparation. This is the instruction. This is the way out. But if you ignore it, if a Marine doesn't go to boot camp, they're not going to learn how to fight. We send them out in war. We send them to do anything. What's going to happen? Tell me, what's going to happen? They're going to lose. And we can understand that when it comes to human things, but we need to wake up when it comes to spiritual things. This is our weapon, guys. This is our weapon. It's not just a book. It's not something to collect dust. It's a weapon. And so, Akeem, if you can make your way back up. So now we know what we have to wear to fight the enemy, but I'm going to give you three practical things that we can do to reach those lost people in our lives, those people who, who don't believe. It's these three things that I believe can help us. Um, the first one is we need, to, we need to seek God. We can't evangelize. We can't fight. We can't bring people to Jesus if we're not seeking God. That's got to be the first thing. God, help me to see people the way that you do, Father. Give me your love for them, Lord. 
like get, bring the people in my life, Lord. Show me the people that need the love of Jesus in their life. Like seek the Lord. Be in tune with him. Once you do that, love others. How? Like, my God, I don't know how to love others. Jesus puts it simply in the Bible. Love your neighbor as it was yourself. Like, that is the most practical thing that you can do. Love others. Even when they don't love you back. Even when they're hateful towards you. I'm not saying that you have to marry this person and and sacrifice everything for them. But love on them. It doesn't cost you to love on somebody. It doesn't cost you to make a decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to, even though they, they deserve it. In my mind, I think they deserve for me to tell them this. I think they deserve for me to tell them off. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to show them love. It's not going to hurt me. It's not going <laughs> to, it could save their life. And so the third one is proclaim. Proclaim the gospel. And I'm not saying you have to stand in a corner and say, are you saved by Jesus? If not, you're going to hell. You don't, you don't, that's not it. You can proclaim the gospel in the way that you live your life, in the way that you talk to people. You tell them about what Jesus has done in your life. You talk, you talk about Jesus with so much joy. You don't even have to like say, hey, you, you need to be saved. Like just, man, I, let me tell you about what Jesus has done in my life, man. I, I used to be here. I used to do this. And man, ah, praise Jesus. And they see you loving on them. They see you seeking God. And they're going to say, man, what, what's up with this Jesus thing? Like I, I want some of that. And so if we want to evangelize, if we want to win these souls for Jesus, these souls of our parents, our siblings, our friends, our neighbors, just these people in our life, we need to do these things. And maybe you're like, Mikey, I've, I've done that, man. There's just that one person that you're close to and you're just like, man, I've done all those things, Mikey. I've, I've done it all. I feel hopeless. There's no, nothing's working. They're still, they're still miserable. They're still wicked. They're still. Listen, I get it, but let's let's read what 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26 has to say. It says, and a servant of the Lord, that's us, must not quarrel or argue with someone that you love, but be gentle to all, able to teach patient I'm going to say that word again patient in humility correcting those who are in opposition who are against you if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil another word for snare is trap of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will these people in our lives you're not fighting against them they need you to fight for them in patient love and long suffering because as of right now if they're not saved if they're not going to heaven then we know where they're going and they might not be a moral bad person but if they're not committed to Christ if they haven't given their life over to Christ it says it here they have been taken captive by him, meaning the devil, to do his will. And so I know what it's like, guys. I have family members who aren't saved. I have friends. I, have, I know it. I know the struggle. I know the pain that it brings. I know the frustration that it brings. I know it. 
and it, I, sometimes I get discouraged at it. But the other day, God reminded me of me and how before I was saved, how I was doing the same thing to him. I was, I was in rebellion. I was ignoring him. I was ignoring the truth. I was doing my own thing. And so the same way that we feel frustrated and we're like, man, why, man, why aren't you changing? Why aren't you living your life better? Why don't you get saved? Why? That was us, guys. That was us with the Lord. Like when we were lost, when we were, before we were saved, like God is like, Mikey, no, why are you doing this, son? You're breaking my heart. Like You know better. You know you're not supposed to be doing this. You know you're not supposed to be living like this. You know better, son. I broke God's heart. We all did. We've all broken his heart. But what did God do? Did he, did he give up on us? Did he argue with us? Did he bring down his wrath on us? No. What did he do? He loved us. He was patient with us. And ultimately, that, <laughs> that overpowering love, that strong, patient love, destroyed all the plans that the enemy had on our lives and set us free and won us over to join the family of God. It's his love that's going to save us, guys. We're called to love the way that Jesus did. That's, what, that's our calling card. It says it in the word of God. Like, How are they going to know that, you're your, that they're your people, Jesus? He says, by the way that they love each other. That's how you're going to know they're mine. It's our calling card. And so it was God's love that saved us. Thankful for it. And it's that same patient love that's going to win the lost. I'm believing that. For that lost person in your life, the person that you're thinking of right now, it's that same love that's going to win them over. We need to believe that. We need to live that. So let's pray. God, I just thank you for saving me, God. Thank you for saving my brothers and sisters, Lord. God, I pray for those in, in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, the ones that we want to receive the good news, Father, that we want to, to make that decision, Father, to, to follow you and, and go to heaven when they die. Lord, I, I lift up those people now, Lord. I pray that you pursue them even now as I'm praying, Lord, that even now, God, that, that you be around them, Lord, that you be in their minds and their hearts, Father, that you start softening their hearts, Lord, and breaking chains in their life, Father. Set them free, Father. And God, I pray that you, that you equip us, Lord, that you continue to pursue us and, and help us to fight these battles, Lord, against the enemy, Father. If you are for us, God, who can be against us, Lord? We need to walk in that confidence, Father. I pray for that confidence and that boldness in us, your soldiers, Father God. Lord, I pray as we walk out of here, Father, that we, that we be on mission, God. And it's not to say that we can't have fun, we can't relax, but it's to say that we understand that there's a war in front of us and we're needed to fight battles in it. Lord, we thank you again for saving our lives, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give it up for Mikey.
As our musicians are making their way up on the stage this morning, why don't you stand this morning? Mikey, thank you for that timely word, man. Thank you for bringing that. Proclaim the gospel. Amen? We have to. We have to. This is, this is what the series has been all about. You got to let the word of God be your, like, it, it's got to be your offensive weapon. It's got to be that thing that's going to help you to go into the battle. Yes, you have all kinds of defenses. You have all kinds of things that are going to help you defend, but you've got the word of God. Maybe you don't know how to read the word of God. I was listening again to an audio book this, this week about the word of God and hearing from God. And, and, and one of the verses that the author was writing about was that very famous uh, psalm, the 23rd psalm. The very first verse of that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you know how it goes. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. All of the things that it says, right? And we sometimes just kind of race through all of that. And he said, stop. If you want to hear from God, sometimes you, you're, you're not in a race to get through the word and to get through the Bible or to get through your study. Just stop. And stop with even that very first four words. The Lord, maybe it's five words, is my shepherd. Like that's a word for us today. How many of you, the Lord is your shepherd? Amen. The Lord has to be your shepherd. He has to be the one that leads you, that guides you, that protects you. Let the Lord be your shepherd in everything that you do. Let him be your general. Let him be the one that's going to help you fight your battles. God's going to do great things in and through you. He wants to do great things in and through you. Man, I love what Mikey brought, the word he brought. I love his testimony. He shared with me part of his testimony. And God, in just a short period of time, man, let me brag on him. Some of you have never heard this. Others have. Like a year and a half ago, we were at a basketball court right outside when I was thinking, am I going to plant this church and how are we going to do it? And he and I just had an extended conversation out there after everybody had left and he was going to be getting married soon. And we were talking about the wedding and all of that stuff. And, and, and I said, man, I'm, I'm going to be planting this church and, and I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't know a lot of people up here. And he was like, you know what? I think I want to, I think I want to be a part of that. But honestly, all I really want to do is sweep floors in the church. Isn't that, a, isn't that a crazy that when you humble yourself, God raises you up? And that's what he's done in you, young man. Give him a round of applause. If you try to raise yourself up, you'll be humbled. But when you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. And I praise God for this heart. Pray for this man of God. I know that God has a great plan. Pray for the youth that's meeting on Wednesday night, all the things that are happening there. Maybe today... Maybe today you need to declare the Lord is my shepherd and you've never done that. Maybe you're a visitor to Renew. You've never been to church. Maybe you don't know the gospel. Maybe you think I've got to do all of these things. Maybe you've grown up in a church or, or been taught in such a way that get it right, do this thing, ask for this, serve this way, read this, all of these things, and then you can become a follower of Jesus. I need to tell you to wipe all that out. I need you to know that, that you need a reboot of your memory. I need you to change the way you see this because the gospel is that Jesus did it all. Amen? The gospel is, is that it's already been done, as Mikey said, and the only thing you've got to do is say, yes, Lord, and then let him do the rest. 
He'll start the, the work in you. He'll start the process and the sanctifying, the changing. And, and you'll no longer desire for these things. And you'll be hungry for these things. And you'll fall in love with these things. And you'll fall out of love with these things. So if you need a, a reboot, and if you need today to figure out what to do, because you don't know if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if the Lord is your shepherd, if you don't know if you were to die today that you'd go to heaven, today can be the day of salvation for you. So we need to give that opportunity. I want to give that opportunity right now. Would you bow your head and would you close your eyes? And if today's that day and you say, Pastor, I want to say yes, Lord, today. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior today. If that's you, in just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. People are praying right now. Our prayer team are praying for you right now. This isn't an accident that you're here this morning. And if God is speaking to you today, in just a second, I'm going to ask you just to boldly raise your hand. I'm not going to bring you to the front. I'm not going to do anything else. But I'm going to ask you to come. I mean, raise your hand, and then I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer right where you're standing alongside of many other people that are going to pray in agreement with you. If that's you today and you want to make Jesus your Lord, right now, lift your hand. Would you do that? Right now, lift your hand. Right where you're at. Would you lift your hand? I see your hand back there. Let's give a round of applause for that person. Anyone else? If that's you and you say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior, would you lift your hand? Anybody else? We're going to pray this prayer. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation for that one. And maybe there's others that, that just didn't, didn't feel like they could raise their hand, maybe because they're struggling in something in their own life. I don't know what the reason is for you, but it is a battle. It's a spiritual battle. So just pray this prayer after me. And I'm going to ask all of our believers, everybody that's a follower of Jesus, to repeat this prayer out loud after me as I pray it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I pray that you'd forgive me of my sins, that you'd come into my life, that you'd make me brand new. Today, I say yes to Jesus. Today, I declare Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for giving me eternal life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. Let's give a round of applause. Let's sing a closing song. And then I'll give you the benediction. Let's sing together. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps Himself in light and darkness tries to hide It trembles at His voice Trembles at His voice How great is our God Sing with me How great 
is our God and all will see how great how great is our God age to age he stands and time is in his hands beginning and the end beginning and the end the Godhead three in one Father, Spirit, Son the Lion and the Lamb the Lion and the Lamb how great And all will see how great, how great is our God. Name above all names, you are worthy of all praise. My heart. a name above all names you are worthy you are worthy worthy of all praise my heart will sing how great is our God how How great is our God? How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? And all will see how great, how great is our God. Amen. 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 Man, thank you guys so much for being here this morning. Thank you for being a part of this service. Can we give baby Adia Rose and Aniston Maria one more round of applause this morning? Remember to pray for those babies. Remember to pray for those families. It's a special, special thing that they did today, and we're super proud of them, and we're excited about what God has in store for these beautiful children. Uh, man, don't forget next week. Don't forget next Sunday is our birthday, and 
We're pulling out all the stops. We're going to pack this house. We're asking you to help us pack it. We're asking you to come back, invite some friends, even join our outreach events. There's a lot of things going on. Facebook prayer every sun, every weekday morning at 6 a.m. We're doing a live prayer service at our office, office on uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Uh, we've got outreaches at Tiago's Tacos over here on 136th Street as well as at the... Uh, gas station on 152nd street like all kinds of stuff be a part of it help us spread the word get people involved uh let's 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 live out what we've been preaching the last few weeks let's be evangelistic in our efforts if you're a visitor drop this in the offering boxes on your way out i hope i've got a couple of ushers back there with a couple of buckets and then you can also put it in the the, the box we're going to pray over the offering and then you're going to be dismissed heavenly father we thank you for this day God, thank you for your word that's alive and active, God, sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we thank you that you've spoken through your servant, Mikey, God. We thank you for uh, this special day for these two children, oh God. We thank you for each and every person that's here, whether it's their first time or their 50th time at Renew, God. We praise you for the people that are here gathered together in this place in your presence to lift up your name. We pray, oh God, that you'd be with us in this day. We pray for this offering, God, that you would use it for the building of your kingdom here and around the world. God, and we just ask that you'd go with us this week as we go to our, our, our different places of, of work or school or everything that we do. God, just watch over us. Help us. God, just help us to honor you, God, in all that we do, all that we say. Use, uh, again, bless this offering, we pray, and be with these people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for being here. Your love never fails
The chasm was far too wide I never thought I'd reach the other side Your love never fails You stay the same through the ages But your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning for my good You make all things work together for my good You make all things work together for my good You make all things work together for my Same 